welcome to The Focal Pint, an exploration into craft beer and breweries brought to you by Focus on the Beer. Cheers. And our newest team member and also a certified beer judge, Emily O'Keefe. Hello. You can never have too many judges. You can't. You truly can't. <laughs> our guest today is Voodoo Brewing Company, uh, the Colorado Springs location specifically, and their owner and founder, Micah Maffeo. Can you give us a little background on yourself and why you decided to open Voodoo Brewing in Colorado Springs? Yeah, absolutely. Um, where it started with is... Uh, we, we talked about this a little bit before, but I'm two for two for Horrible Bosses Blackout Edition. Like, we're going for all the toxic traits, all the worst parts of bosses. And I'm like, I have bad luck. Like, everyone hates their boss, but I seem to have extra bad luck. And so I was like, all right, I need to take control of my time and my money and stop having a person over me. And this is going to sound cocky, but, like, I'm tired of people with four times the ego that I have with, like, half the intelligence being literally controlling my time and my money. Like, the two resources, like, like literally control life. And I was like, all right, I need to somehow take control over this because, uh, you know, at some point I want to do whatever I want when I want to do it. I'm like, but I don't want a soul-sucking franchise. Um, I don't want to be franchisee number 6,000. When I call for help to corporate, I don't want to be on an answering machine. Um, I wanted to bring something new to the community that didn't currently exist out here. But at some one point I stumbled onto Voodoo, and what grabbed my attention to Voodoo, one, being a, a, a beer drinker, um, I was like, okay, cool, this is like a, a, a new beer. I'm into the, the, the beer community, um, this will be really cool, and then just the vibe from Voodoo is like, oh, this would do really well in Colorado. In fact, I think a lot of people would be amazed that the that this wasn't like developed in Colorado with their style and stuff. The other parts to it is they're very individualistic, so each location, is in, like franchised side, is individually owned and operated, um, but each one takes the, like, the form of their owner. I had so much creative liberty. Um, Unlike most franchisees, they don't want their locations cookie-cutter. They want everyone to be unique. So I have my own logo that's specific to my location. My murals are everything about Garden of the Gods, Ike's Peak, and they need to be reflections of the communities that they serve. So there's going to be uh, several standards that are universal and some things that are universal with all the voodoos that you visit. Um, the beer is going to be the same. There's going to be a lot of menu items that you see, but there's also exclusive menu items that only we get for um, that we develop, and our chef is is encouraged to make his own dishes, on top of things. Um, so it's it's very um, community locally sourced. Everything else other than the voodoo beer is local. Our liquor is local. Our um, soda is Rocky Mountain um, local. Um, so we source everything um, to be part of that community. And the last part, again, being someone who is in nonprofits, trying to you know networking with other nonprofits, doing forceful good. Um, when I was talking to them, I was like, "Hey, I want to use this as a platform to give back to my community." And it's like, "I need you to be okay with that, or are you okay with that? Um, if not, we can just break this relationship from here, and like we don't need to continue." And they're like, "No, in fact, that's great." And like, and actually, it's in your contract if, you, if we take you on as a franchisee. If you don't do X, Y, Z for your community, like X amount of charitable work and, and doing stuff, we take your franchise away from you. Like, you need to be involved. And I was like, cool, because, like, I want to get involved in Care and Share, and I want to get involved in the Springs uh, Rescue Mission. And it's like, these are, and, like, I 
kind of don't want to have to ask for permission um, to do them. They're like, yeah, that's cool. As long as you're not like supporting Al Qaeda, like that's that's not a nonprofit <laughs> that you can support, you know, or something like that, or or West Baptist, uh, Westboro Baptist Church, or um, something like that, you know, like you can do whatever. It, sound, um, it sounds like they gave you a formula, but they didn't like – it's not like an Arby's where they're like, all right, this needs to look like our Arby's in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere, yeah. Texas. Uh, it's going to look however you want it to mm-hmm. look, but here's a formula that works at our other spots mm-hmm. and take it and run with it. Yeah, absolutely. I had a lot of freedom on um, choosing things to do. Like um, I pushed for toast. I wanted toast. As, as my platform, they're like, okay, we use Square, but you could do that. And eventually, I've convinced everyone to go over to Toast um, as the, the POS system. Um, there's things like that where it's like, okay, um, I want to use this piece of equipment. Um, whereas I know uh, Dunkin' Donuts, it's like it has to be this, like, bun model X439. You know, like, this one. No other one. This one is it. Um, so you, you can roll with the punches and, and find different things to use or different equipment and stuff. Or even down to, we're actually uh, flagshipping the um, beer, beer milkshakes. Because um, that's something I tried like a long time ago, like 10 years ago. I'm like, this is amazing. This blows my mind. Because it sounds gross uh, uh, normally. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's for the franchise, nobody else is doing that. And they're like, okay, cool. Yeah, go experiment with that. Tell us how it went. If it's terrible, like, we're going to tell everyone else not to do it. If it turns out great, then help come up with a system where the other the, uh, franchises could pick it up if they want to. And that's the other thing too. There's there's a lot of things that we can do, and um, we don't all have to like carbon copy each other. Where it's the same menu, same drink, same um, merch, same stuff. Like if you don't want to do the beer milkshakes, if we picked it up, that's you have freedom to do that and whatnot. And but they are like, yeah, go experiment, have fun. Just as long as you don't embarrass us and make a subpar product, like go rock with it. So that's really cool. And again, the chef um, is encouraged to to make his own menu too on top of having the classics that every Voodoo is going to have. So you do have some consistency when you go to the other ones as well. Did you have a history with Voodoo before, like, stumbling on the franchise? or No. Okay. No, I literally stumbled on the franchise. I'm, f- like, franchisee number seven. Um, so what? that's also what I was looking for in a franchise is I wanted someone that was pretty small and pretty grassroots, but it have, has done it once or twice before. And so they're right, not you got the first one. On yeah. um, there's still plenty of experimenting going on, but it's it's fine. Um, and I think we just signed, I know we just signed like over 60 locations. Um, that doesn't mean exactly 60 franchisees. Um, I think we're like 20s to 30s or so. Oh, wow. um, so it's, it's growing very rapidly. I signed on about two years ago um, and we're still trying to get open. Um, but yeah, and then on top of that, there's the franchisee network that we have is really cool because it's still small. We went out to Kick in the Keg, which is our Las Vegas event where all we network and do business and stuff and have fun too. Um, there's a mentoring program that I'm part of as one of the eldest franchisees, even though I'm age-wise, I'm the youngest franchisee, um, time and rank, I'm the, one of the eldest. Um, and so we have new, like potential franchisees get to call me and ask me about my experience and stuff. And then there's other franchisees like, Hey, I have this problem. How did you solve that? Um, so there's this cool kind of network of us talking to each other. Um, but each also having our own pubs and our own thing that's going on and each one having its own flavor um which is kind of cool so you said it was a two-year run-up you've been a franchisee for two years um so what what does that two-year run-up look like to to, from becoming a franchisee to getting open i think it took five months for me to get vetted um that's not part of the franchise time that's before um so it took five months to do the bunch of interviews bunch uh, background check financial check all that kind of stuff um and then 
they when when you get far enough into the process, uh, you can fly out to Voodoo Brewing Company, like the actual compound um, where everything's done. You get to meet everybody. Um, the morning is, a, is beer drinking, um, so you get to sample all the beers. You get like a little spit bucket because you, you can't like go through all of them without just getting slammed. And even when you're just taking little sips, you know, after forty or something beers, and 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 um, the Voodoo has actually a very high APV um, for all their beers, um, and some of them can get above 10 um when you when you're drinking a bunch of them or even just sampling them like you really need the spit bucket <laughs> just to to get through your morning um so you don't uh get completely sloshed at like 9 a.m um and then they took us to one of the pubs and we they made all the food that we wanted on there and that's what completely sold me was the food itself the beer's great but the food really blew my mind um all food items have voodoo beer incorporated in some way somehow so that's uh, like the Wyona's big brown ale that I'm drinking. Uh, we use it in our beer mustard. Um, we use it in our beer mussels. Uh, actually, there's that one we use a lot for cooking. Um, Good Vibes is in uh, some of our stuff. So we have uh, rubs for our smoked meats. Um, we have a dry rub that has it in there. Um, our mussels, each one of our mussels, uh, beer mussels, has uh, the beer in the sauce. Um, we all our uh, dough, uh, burger buns, pe- uh, pretzels, and pizza dough has the spent beer grain from the uh, from the brewery uh, mixed into it. Um, so yeah, it's it's very heavily influenced. But the food like took it to another level. And I, once I had the food, I was like, okay, I'm 125 percent into this kind of deal. And then uh, yeah, and then they just take you out for to to go to a pub while it's running and, and stuff like that. Um, uh, get you a little drunky poo to see how you react to it. That's a hidden part of the test. I probably shouldn't have mentioned that. Um, <laughs> we can cut that out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, see how you react to it and, and if you can handle yourself professionally in a pub. Um, but yeah, and then they're like, uh, literally like 24 hours later, they're like, all right, we either want you or we don't want you. Time to join. Um, and then pay that franchisee fee. Um, and so that's that's when the clock starts. And that was like July of 2021. Um and then, yeah, ever since then, it was eight months finding a location. One of the biggest shockers from being a guy that's in residential real estate to commercial real estate was re- in residential real estate, even on the vesting side, it's all about that cash flow. It is getting tenants in the properties and getting rent. And if my, if my property is empty, my, my inventory is actually time. I'm not, the property is not my, the, the thing I'm selling. I'm selling time. Um, so when the time expires, you never get that back. You're losing your inventory. So I need people in there paying off the bank and, and cash flowing. And capital gains is just a Christmas bonus. It's not what we're playing the game for. Commercials, it's all about those capital gains. We don't care if we got a tenant in here or not. We'll let property sit. I mean, they want the best tenant. And they, you want to like McDonald's or Whataburger or something that's big um, that signs a 20-year contract. And you're like, okay, my property just went up so much more. Um, so that was the biggest shock. So when you see a lot of empty properties and they sit for a long time, it could be the building owners that are super choosy. Also, there's no like anti-discrimination laws about that. Where I had one guy, he was like, I love your concept. I just hate you. I hate your face. I hate the way you sound. Like, I want it without you. Um, and they could make that part of the contract. There was another one that was like, I need you to put in tenant improvement $1.5 million. So I had to put in my own cash one point five into his space, which was like a vanilla shell. And... And, and then he would let me on and it's like, okay, cool. I'm in a million five. I have a 10 year lease. I have to make that money back and you get to keep all of that. Like that's not how tenant or uh, how it's supposed to work. 
It's like, I'm just going to go buy, at the time, Famous Dave's up on North Academy, selling for $1.2, and then I have $300,000 left over to renovate it. And I own the property. I don't pay rent. And I'll have capital gains when I'm done with this thing. Like, no-brainer. Why would I go to you? I mean, it's on Tejo. But why would I go to you and, and do this? This makes no sense. And there's other things. One guy said, uh, you could have it here. Um, you would have to start off as a host because of your lack of experience in the industry. And then we will, if the business goes well, then we'll decide to promote you to the next position and you work your way up i was like okay if i'm the business owner and i'm the hostess like who's running the business is you running the business and even though it's my business like who's explain that to me there so that was another interesting side so we saw a lot of properties that didn't like us we saw a lot of properties that we didn't like that liked us um so we saw probably 50 something properties before we we found one and the other thing too is like real estate agents are not interested in closing deals and as a greasy car salesman, that surprises the hell out of me. Like, like there's one line that one manager had, and this stuck with me. Are we making too much money that, or are we making so much money we don't want to make more money? Because that was whenever we were lazy, that's right. what they would tell us, um, and not hustling even more, like getting off the grind. And it's like, are we making so much money that you're not interested in closing deals? So there's properties that we were looking at for weeks, if not months, and I don't think the owner ever knew that there was some on the hook, like someone trying to get in there. Um, in fact, there was one guy. I called and e- emailed him every single day for like two weeks. And then he finally gets back to me. And he's like, oh, sorry, man. Like all your, all your emails went to my spam folder. I was like, is that where my voicemails went too? He, he's, he's still not called me back after that. Um, so that, that was the other thing too is amazing. So I, I found Greg Hoffman. I'm going to push him because he's amazing. Um, I found him on one of the properties that I was looking at. He was representing the, the owner. And he was like, hey, you're like, are you having a hard time? I'm like, I'm having a hell of a time. This sucks. Um, and he's like, you know what? Sign on with me. We'll do an exclusivity clause. I'm like, oh, no. Like, I'm so far impressed with all the other ones. I'm like, I don't want to get exclusive with one guy. You know, what if he tells that he sucks and I can't work around him? Best decision I ever made. Greg Kaufman is platinum. Um, and he's such a good dude. In fact, he's coming out to our grand opening. Um, and he checks on me all the time. Um, so we, we, we got super blessed with him. And then he found us this property because he was opposite, uh, representing the building owner, who's also a platinum guy. We've been so blessed with him um, kind of deal. So then we got the place in March 2021, signed the lease. Then um, it took... March of 22? Yes. Okay. That's the 21. I was just trying to keep my, my, my yeah. date straight here. So we, we signed the lease, and we got an architect in... I was told originally like two weeks it took four months for drawings um, before we could put in for permits. Then I was told it was going to take about three weeks to get permits through. I, though I was also warned this was the worst time to ever do something like this because everyone's coming out of COVID, so construction materials are gone. Um, laborers are, are, are booked around the clock and, and stuff like that. Like You couldn't t- choose a worse time to open a restaurant kind of deal. I was like, okay, fine. But it was still like, oh, three weeks. It was seven months. We did not get our permits to do construction until this past February. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost already a year in before we could even, like, not break ground. And it's a minor remodel. That's what's really, what really got me. It was a minor remodel. It wasn't a full construction. It wasn't brand new. It was already, it was already a restaurant before. Um, and so just for a minor remodel, to expand the bar, build a new counter, rip some stuff out, build a new door entrance to expand the patio put a new cold room in all of that which is still hugely minor was oh we can't we can't do your permits and it, 
there's a lot of reasons for yeah, that. Yeah, the, the city's behind on all that stuff, yeah, and it's ridiculous. Um, but it's crazy because those cold rooms are like freestanding. Like they're, they're it's a box. It could sit in the middle of the the at a field if it needed to. Yeah, but there's mechanical, there's electrical, yeah. there's um, plumbing, there's health. Oh yeah, there's health has their finger in it because it stores food. Um, so there's a lot of that goes into that structural. Did I say structural? Yeah. I know they're in, in that. They have their finger in that. So that's like four or five engineers that you have to get blessings from. It just takes time. And then you have to get the contractors that all do that, and they're all licensed, and then you have to get on their schedule, and then you can only get the next piece to fall into place when the other one goes. So, so, so many times you're waiting for one to move the other, even though this one's ready to go. It was a learning experience. So we're using the, the kitchen that was existing yes. here from the previous one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So We changed some of the lineup on the kitchen, um, but the kitchen is pretty much what – we had square footage wise. We didn't do anything crazy other than changing up some equipment and doing some optimization with the storeroom and stuff. Um, and a few upgrades, but yeah, you're not doing big train food here. So right. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not going to be exactly yeah, no, the same. We brought a smoker in so we can smoke our own meats. We got brisket, Great. uh, pulled pork, uh, wings, um, stuff like that. Um, so even though you, you got a space with a kitchen, it's, it's still like a complete yeah, re- overhaul. Even worse in the last two to three weeks, Everything broke. All ACs went down. All cold rooms went down. All hoods went down. All fans went down. It was like the building was cur- the ice machine broke. This ice machine broke. Like, so we're trying to open up. We're in the we think we're in the home stretch and finalizing everything, getting things secured and done. And we're going to wrap up construction. We're in hiring. We finished up hiring. We got our small wares coming in. We got our orders coming in. We got beers coming in. We're looking forward to inspections. And then just like every important piece of equipment is just like, nope, I'm done. And it's like, what the. And getting people in here, like, I was on the phone desperate and, and sometimes crying. Like, <laughs> just, like, please come in here when I can get you. Oh, we can get in there, like, in four weeks. I'm like, we can't do that. Like, I need you this week. And, and you know, like, I'll bribe you in beer kind of stuff. Of, um, what, what do I need to do to get you in now? Kind of deal. You, you want to eat for free? You want to drink for free for the rest of your life? Like, what, what can, how can I cut your line? Um, kind of deal. So we got everything repaired, fortunately, but that took a lot of distraction. So we, we are hustling to get things done um, because we just had to take a time out. But it was just like, what is up with this place? Um, of everything that could could go wrong and could break right before um, did. So there's there's that. So even though we got a, a basically a turnkey restaurant, it was just, everything decides to like die. Everything that warms the food, everything that cools the food. Every major piece. Of At least it happened now and not after you opened. True. That's what I was going to say. At True. least you're getting it out of the way now yeah. and not yeah. on yeah. May but 28th. Can, can we've done this like the last 14 months I've had this property. Yeah. I, I love the idea and I love the idea. I guess it's sort of cool to think that all of the beer is appropriated for all the food. And I guess that was the same with all the franchises. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So every food item has the, the food or the beer incorporated into the food some way, somehow. So that it's sauces, that's rub, that's mustard, that's dry rubs. Um, the the dough itself has the spent beer grain put into it. Um, that's like the one criteria for all the food items, except for the kids' meals. Um, obviously, we're not putting like beer in there. Um, uh, the kids are yeah. going to sleep so well. So yeah, that, that's they would be great. Uh, I'm not going to bring my kid here now. <laughs> um, and that spent grain, that's... Since you're not brewing here, obviously you're getting that yep. from somewhere yep. else. The that coming from the mothership. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, so so are, they, you, are you making dough in house then? No. Okay. Um, that would be a nightmare. But we do have central kitchen. So at the brewery itself, there's a central kitchen that's next door that makes one comes up with a lot of the, the standard recipes. But they um, also take the spent beer grain, literally 
can wheel it over into the it's it's in the same building so they just wheel it over and then they make the dough from there and then they package the dough and they send it to me um to work with like yeah because i'm i'm blessed with a massive kitchen for a voodoo like it's it's big and and well, this, is a bigger, this is a bigger this is a bigger voodoo location but there's some locations that it's it's kind of like you know to use trinity's example go go prep dough in that like it's 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 basically they call it themselves it's the food truck um, right. That's, that's in their facility. I mean, it's amazing what they can get away with in such a tight, cramped quarters. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a one butt food, kitchen for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, how much food they can pop out of there? But you know, <laughs> they so, sometimes have four people in that kitchen. Though, it's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> pretty much everything else is is pretty uh, made here from scratch. Um, trying to think of anything is nope sauces and all that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I maybe the dry rub. The dry rub. Is, I can't remember. There's over 30, 30 food items, and each one has different ingredients. Yeah, well, that's a lot. So. If there was like one thing for on like opening weekend that you, that like food wise that you like that you want everybody to try beer well, muscles. Bear muscles. Beer muscles. Okay. Uh, they. Those ones when I went as a franchisee, I was like, okay, guys, I'm in Colorado, but we can't do this. Like this yeah. is not going to work. Yeah, that's different. And. I'm a, I'm a muscle connoisseur. I have always been since I was like four. Um, in fact, my mom loves to tell the story that we went to Denver Fresh Range Company. I wanted to order the bucket of muscles. It was the bucket O muscles. And she's like, you ain't going to like it. You ain't going to like it. And I threw like a tantrum. And she's like, fine, shut up. Here you go. Let me, let me give you this lesson. <laughs> you know, kind of deal. And I ate the bucket of muscles every time we went to the Denver Fish Company. That's where like, we'd visit our grandparents for like special events for like the next 16 years. Um so it was like the only thing like I didn't know anything else was on the menu um, so mussels mussels my jams um, I like mussels a lot uh, oysters too and all that but so I'm sitting there like as someone who's like oh I'm gonna do this but I'm like guys I'm concerned about it because like we're I'm like the most landlocked state that there is right, we're the middle right. of the country and so <laughs> the, the executive chef he was like hey okay pick one we'll make it for you and then I'll tell you the secret um afterwards and i was like okay and so i ordered i picked one of them and i can't remember which one i picked and he's like okay cool cool and my, my opinion chose the worst one but uh, <laughs> You're like thanks for letting me know that they, they bring it out i eat it it's the best muscles i ever had like hands down just the best and he's like yeah let me tell you the secret yeah those were frozen dude and those were frozen like five minutes ago and he's like and i'm like no way like this was the best i've ever had i've never had like muscles like this and he's like yeah like we can do it in your state no problem. So yeah, I'm, I'm, maybe exposing the secret. That, yeah, they're frozen. But I'm, well, I'm very. We can, confident. we can bleep that out. I'm very. We'll just bleep it. Um, in fact, I'm going to put it. I'm. I, I'm. I'm so confident in the muscles that one of the advertising things that we're going to do is is state that they're the best muscles in the city, or it's your money back. Whoa! I'm confident beyond that. To get people in here, no questions, no nothing. If they're not the best muscles in the city. Your money back. I think that's a. I think that's a fair. A fair boast because I don't think I can't think of a huge amount of places that do mussels or do them well enough that I go there and go, oh, mussels. They're certainly not known for it. It's all right. It's all how Especially you dress them. Not, not in Colorado Springs. Yeah. It's, it's mostly the dressing. And then what's the beer? Oh, is it okay? So is it the dressing? That's, yeah. Okay. It's how it's how you top them, basically. 
Notches of the sea. That's how you should market that. I, need that on a I love that. <laughs> yes, that should be a t-shirt. <laughs> There's no description. You just order it and just see what happens. Yep. So I so I know that when we like when we had sort of that issue with the recording earlier, we were talking sort of about how uh, some uh, unnamed brewer in town or brewery owner, uh, you know, reacted sort of negatively to you opening a you know, a, a spot, the franchise spot. I, I don't think I've heard of that with other franchise spots in town. So it's really odd that they do that. Yeah, but how many franchise spots are there that are portraying themselves as breweries? Yeah. Brewing being in the name, I'm, I can see where they might take exception with it. I mean, I'm not saying they were right, but because it says voodoo brewing out front, people are going to expect that's true. Yeah. that there's brewing going on here, right? Yeah, you would have like, it's not super clear first. Perry's. Pizza and tap house. Like, it's a tap house. They have a bunch of taps. They're heavy into the beer game, but they are not a brewery. Um, or you have bars, like the Brass Tap. It's like it has a bunch of taps on the wall, and they're, and they're all 90% beer, but it's it's a franchise bar. We're coming in as a brewery, making our own beer, and then there's the threat to the local, which I totally understand. Um, being a local-born College Springs kid, bringing in an outside beer... And an outside, like a foreign concept, I totally expect that. In fact, actually, I have to say, we, I did not expect how welcoming everyone would have been to bring voodoo here. Um, I mean, we have our naysayers, and we have people that are like, oh, there's always going to be those people. You know, go back to California with your suit, you evil corporate overlord, and, and, and those kind of comments. It's like, okay, cool. Like, I was born here on Academy, <laughs> I went to Rampart High School, you know, like, I live near Chapel Hills Mall. Like, I've lived here most of my whole life, except for some stuff in the military and going to college. Um, so it's, and that's when people are like, how can you say you're independently owned and, uh, owned and operated and locally? It's like, because I live here. <laughs> Hello, we're me just, right here. It's just me. Um, and it's, so you saw how a lot of people didn't understand the franchise model. I'm digressing. Um, but no, overall, very actually positive. Everyone has been very sweet to us. Uh, Matt, the owner of Trinity, he was welcome, you know, full arms, and he's like, hey, welcome to the neighborhood, and that's usually what we're getting. Um, and Matt's kind of been a mentor uh, for me to help, you know, figure things out. It's like, hey, I've had this problem. How did you solve it? And we're actually bouncing ideas off each other. So Trinity and, and Voodoo right now are very, very tight, um, and we have a really good relationship. I mean, I love that. Um, and so most of it, everyone's been very supportive, but you're going to have those people, and they say, where I'm shocked is I didn't get more negativity. I was expecting. I was expecting a fight. I'm. I'm going to be this whole big bad corporate suit coming in and taking all the jobs and, and, and killing all the other the local wildlife and and stuff like that. Um, Hope not. The local breweries um, and and we we've gotten it, but not to the extent that I thought we were going to get. But anyway, this this one guy, um, his thing was like, oh yeah, but you sold out. You didn't start from scratch. You're not brewing. You're you're a sham, and it's like okay, like you can, you have the right to feel that way, absolutely. And if you don't want to come here and drink, that is totally okay. I do not expect everyone to be have to be in my pub and drink my beer. That's completely fine. Uh, if you want to only support local, I actually really support that. Um, but anyway, his point is, you know, that, that was going to be insult. It's like I'm not I'm not insulted. Where I franchised because I'm stupid, right? And to the point of with beer, I don't know how to brew beer. I like beer. I like to drink beer. Um, but, again, like, I, I didn't take chemistry in high school. Um, and then I didn't do anything. I got a liberal arts degree in college. 
So I'm supposed to then figure out the science. Like I'm I'm Jesse Pinkman, surrounded by Walter White. Like you know, you think I'm gonna I'm gonna come out with a rocking beer, so I'm gonna have to start home brewing, figure out the baby steps, and then make maybe maybe I get lucky and I make a good beer. But the but chances are you bumble your way through it and then and then I have to then make a fleet of good beers. Yeah. We really have a brewery, and then I have to invest yeah. hundreds how long of thousands does that take? in equipment. And so, you know, for those people that type that route, like, I applaud you. But also, like, this is something I wanted to do my next job. I don't have 10 years to hone my craft to figure it out. Um, and I was more focused on the business side of, uh, like, I wanted to own the pub. I wanted to put all the things together. And to be frank, like, there's not that much money in beer brewing. It's one of the most expensive parts and the least profitable parts. And the most profitable parts are the pubs where if you're bringing it to the customer instead of doing distributing. And that's essentially how Voodoo started doing pubs as a brewery. That's very heavy and eventually got in the franchise model is when uh, Mateo and his brother Kurt um, took over Voodoo in about, was 2010, they took over um, from the previous owner. They're like, all the money is serving the beer, not selling it to locations, to liquor stores and that stuff. And so then they went into the pub model, very heavily into the pub model. Um, kind of deal and uh so it's 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 food like i you know i didn't spend a half million dollars on a brewing equipment i took that money and put it into a kitchen <laughs> he spent it on griddles and things like that giant panini press giant hoods and <laughs> ansel systems and i think, I think it too like you need to have food you want your beer needs to be solid right you can't just be a bar you need other things though and and that's i think one thing that we're priding ourselves in um here but also in voodoo overall is there's something for everybody and everything that we do needs to stand on its own so you need to be able to come here for the food alone there's people who don't drink there's people who are on work lunches and business lunches and and stuff like that they can't partake in alcohol so but i want this to be a place that you can come here for lunch or dinner um we have high chairs we have you know the the patio is dog friendly like um this is a place that you could go in as a restaurant to our cocktail menu the cocktails need to be good enough for you to come here for the cocktails alone. Um, we're very, very choosy, again, also using local things, but we're trying to make sure that we have very good wines. And we're, and we're partnering with, like, uh, I just partnered with Antelope Ridge Meadery on Academy. Um, That's great. We have their PB&J mead on tap. Wow, awesome. Um, but it's local, it's a mead, it's a new thing. Like, it's, it's something that's different than the beer. Um, it's something weird and kind of wild like us. Um, but that's you know providing value to some because I, I wanted it to be the place uh, I have it on the wall. Fannie Mae Duncan's quote: "Everybody welcome." That gets into like a it's more than just um, I was going to say physical, not physical, uh, metaphysical. I don't know. Uh, it gets to like everybody's welcome. It doesn't matter what your politics is. It doesn't matter what's between your legs, what color it is, and who you want to use it on. Like everybody's welcome. The only people that are not welcome are people that go against that and make people feel uncomfortable or like that makes people don't feel welcome. Then, you know, GTFO. Um, but that also goes down to the food and the experience where you don't have to be a beer lover to be here. Um, so when your friends are like, hey, let's all go to the brewery and you got that one friend that's like, oh, I don't drink beer. Oh, shit. That makes it really hard to like, you know, where, where are you going to go? Um, I'm gluten free. I'm vegan. I'm, you know, so many things that are, that are going on. So we have something for everybody because we want this to be a place that anybody can come and groups of friends can come and nobody feels left out or 
um, has a cheap option that's pandered to them and, and two buck chuck or some really disgusting the vegan option is just a salad yeah, you know? yeah, or yeah. It, it's like it's half-assed right um, kind of deal so we're trying to provide quality for everybody um, kind of deal uh, so that, that goes into our, our philosophy how did we get here you have how many you have four hours of sleep so it's totally good like actually that was that was really uh it was great to hear that from you uh you talked about having antelope ridge mead on tap uh is beer going to be always voodoo all only on tap no or you have our only stipulation is we have a guest tap and we do have taps set for guests um, we, we're talking to different people, and I'm trying to figure out what my criteria is for that. Um, because to a certain extent, like, go patronize those breweries that make that, that beer. Like, right. I'm not going to hear in Trinity. Trinity's literally behind you. Can, you throw a stone there. Right. Go, they will, give them your money and go to them and buy their beer. Because they're not making that much money on production. Like, the beers that are, you, you do just distribution to get your name out there for more like it is some income but it's mostly to get your name out there and and to have that option they make the most money when you're going to the source and to me like i want people to go to the source and i don't want to steal business from trinity i don't want to steal business from red lake um wackadoo and, and whatnot like just they're so close especially on garden of gods like for the four of us that are here just go to them give them the money give them the full value instead of a cent of what they would be making and i make the most of the profit um so pay Give them the patronage, um, but you'll have far, you'll have some guest taps on. Go too. Like, what's my range there? That's that's the sticky wicket I have in my head, of you know, providing value where it's more like, oh, well, I love this beer, but it's on the other side of town. That's 30, 40 minute drive. You know, who? Okay, where's that fine line of like, okay, maybe I'll put somebody on FH or something like that. We're talking to Go Patch, um, but even Go Patch is like, hey, well, you, you know, they're at Lincoln Center. I'm like, that's still pretty close. I'm not against it. Um, so it's what is that criteria? And so Antelope Bridge was a very obvious because it's a mead. We don't have a mead. Right. Done. Easy, easy peasy. Um, and they actually have have relationships with Voodoo outside of just me too. Um, they have a lot of friends at Voodoo too. So that oh, good. one that one was kind of cool. Of like, hey, let's go, let's go hang out and and talk about our mutual friends and then and then picking them up. Um, I also would like Boxing Brothers if you're listening. Um, to pick up Boxing Brothers. Matthew. Uh, cidery. We ha- I haven't reached out yet, that's, so that's on me. But um, those ones are easy because I'm, I, it's a new food. Or, uh, um, it's I a different item. Menu yeah. That I don't have more of. So it just when it comes to beer, it's like, who's, who's too close to my backyard? And I'm just got, at that point stealing business from them and versus supporting local. You know? But that's an admirable thing because I know that like Oscar Blues came in town and just sort of like – took over downtown for a for a bit before they sort of backed off where they had just everything and you know almost pushed out the local breweries uh so and to go back to your question before i think that's the difference of when we were talking about like uh people not getting offended of these other people coming in but being offended of breweries coming in like oscar blues is pretty much the only other example right of us kind of in our league not like league is in it's, it's the same like concept, yeah. The, the threat of, like, they have their own beer, they do brew their own stuff. Or, I mean, I guess um, uh, BJ's. BJ's Brewhouse. Yeah, they're very restaurant-heavy. That's their focus. And they also happen to brew beer. Um, so I don't think anyone's for that, but we're, you know, walking like snake, talking like snake, looking like snake, you know. So 
people are going to be threatened by that because it's like, oh, they're trying to seem local and be sneaky, and they're going to take the jobs and take all the business away from the other breweries, which the brewing industry is really interesting. It is, I've never seen an industry not compete so much, where, where more breweries actually make more business for the other breweries and, and doesn't steal, like it's, uh, I mean, granted, you compete to the sense that if a beer drinker is in your pub drinking beer, they are nowhere else in space and time. So there can only be at one place at one time. So yeah, in that effect, yes, we are competing, but we're not competing where, you know, we're a threat to each other and typically the breweries popping up next to each other is a very healthy and good thing for each other because beer crawls happen. I mean, we've has, we have so many people come over. Um, I had a coming soon sign up. I had to take it down because the city, the city figured out I didn't put a permit for that. I have my reasons. But, uh, well, oh, the, sign, the sign permits. It's 50 bucks <laughs> and it's only good for 30 days. And at the time, I thought it was going to open a little quicker. So I was like, I don't, I don't need to put a permit. Like, we'll be open before, you know, it's cool. And I didn't want to wait two weeks for it to be blessed to get the permit to go through. Because then I'm not going to need it anymore. I got four months out of that thing. But I put it up because in one day we had 30 different groups of people in one day show up for beer. And our average is about 10 without any advertising or anything like that. So when I put that sign up, because that one was like, oh, it kept interrupting my, us working in here. But I felt the need to go out and talk to everybody. Right. To explain them, like, oh, they already died, or, you know, what's going on with them, and, and never come back. Like, hey, thanks so much for coming down. Sorry. We're, we're almost there. We're yeah. We're, you know, this is our date, yada, yada, kind of deal. And, and having the, like, one on one contact um, to be like, yeah, check us out soon. We're not dead, um, kind of deal. But, like, when that happens, like, 10 to 30 times a day, it's like, I can't get anything done around here, so put that banner up. Um, but so many of them, when I talk to them, it's like, oh, yeah, we're just at Red Lake. We were just at Rackadoo, you know, or. You know, they're just, we're like our third or fourth location, especially on the weekends, that day. Oh, do you have any good recommendations since I was closed? Who, who, who to go to? And I was like, oh, cool. Like, they're, that's a huge thing of the industry, um, um, too. But also, if you want Trinity's beers, you have to go to Trinity. <laughs> right, you you're not coming. You're you not have to come to me. If you want Red Lake's beers, you got to go to Red Lake. So even though we all sell beer, it's not like we're competing. We're like a liquor store or a... Um, Bar where I'm carrying the exact, I'm carrying Jack Daniels, I'm carrying Jim Bean, I'm carrying. We're making the same. We're making Gimlets, we're making Jack and Cokes, we're making Manhattans and stuff like. What, literally, what everyone else is doing, you know, that's where it's competitive. Is, is why should I come to you instead of them? Whereas as breweries have this really natural phenomenon of like um, collaboration and cooperation. Yeah, it's kind of their thing. We can people we don't. So. And that's the other comment that we get all the time, too. It's like, why did you set up in Trinity's backyard? I was like, well, one, I didn't, this was not my first choice. It's a great location, but I think a lot of people don't understand, like, again, how much you don't get to choose where you get to be in commercial real estate as a lease opening up a business. Um, it's a lot of luck and just right variables popping up. Um, but, two, it's, it's, you know, like, it's not a threat. Matt's not threatened by me. No, it's and I'm a, not threatened by Matt either. That's a small town, uh, like sentiment that I feel like a lot of the larger cities end up, uh, like sort of proving wrong. It's like you put good places next to each other, and they're both going to do better. And if you spread yourself way out, then people go, "Oh, we're just going to go to this one spot," but we're we can't drive across town to this other spot. If everything's way far away, you end up going to one spot and not 
spread the love essentially. So the closer things are, I know that when when breweries started popping up downtown in the, in the south downtown area, some of, I I've, I heard from some brewery owners, oh, they're opening up like right around the street from us. Like they're going to steal our business. Like no, they're not. They're going to bring in their own business, and then those people are going to go. Oh, there's a brewery a half block away. I'm going to walk over to there. So you know when Trinity Forge is busy, and someone walks in there and goes, I don't feel like waiting for, uh, you know, to get the bartender's attention. They're going to go, oh, wait, Voodoo Brewing is just right here around the corner. Let's just pop in right over there, walk in here, get a beer. And then they might just still go back when it calms down over there or, yeah, or vice versa. Yeah. Or or it's already like we're making a, a little small beer cluster out here on Garden of the Gods. So beer heads know to just come out this direction anyway. And then it's like, I don't I haven't decided which brewery I'm going to go yet, but I know to be in this area anyway. And then it's like, all right, we're driving by, this one strikes Right. Out. Well, that, the, the chances of them, instead of just going to one, they're going to maybe go, oh, I'll have one at Trinity. Then I'll go have yeah. one at Voodoo. And then drive up to Wackadoo or, or Red Lake. And then you can do collapse, too, where it's like, hey, we, not like a full blown, uh, blown hot passport or something like that, but um, the, the idea that was floating around is we do some kind of collab where it's you need to hit all four. Um, or you pay a like a base kind of deal, um, kind of like a bar crawl where you got the, you pay for the base thing, but then you can go to all these places and you get your whatever pint or merch or whatever um, kind of deal. Um, so there's 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 traction to be gained there of, of the collaboration or working together um, kind of stuff. Well, that's good. I, I think it's good that you are you're not stepping on their toes but you're also like able to work with them a little bit yeah. to where you're 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 part of the, the the community here on guide of the gods and you're not just this either you know sore thumb sticking out like you know causing either a uh, right. you know I mean, a little hoopla but matt matt has has taken me under his wing a lot um and has has you know like hey i'm trying to find a sound guy and it's good dog shit speakers here like and the security cameras are falling apart and i was like do you know anybody or who do you go to and like hooked me up with his son guy and it's like you know normal business like you're aiding the enemy right, right. kind of deal and, he, and and so them taking that and, and being like hey this is how i solve these problems or this is how i figured out or call my guy he'll take care of you kind of deal um is a really interesting part of that that industry and, and mindset too i also have to shout out matt um because he could have took the stance like fuck you buddy you're in my place i'm gonna do everything i can to destroy you um, you know, if he did that, life would be a whole lot harder. Like, he could have made my life miserable, um, but he decided to, to be welcoming. But that's also, I think, just the community itself has that uh, that undertone of, like, hey, you're in the family because you're in a beer um, kind of deal. Or, like, we all have, we're united in this shared love of beer um, kind of a thing. And it's only the people, I think, that, that are very insecure right. are the ones that are like, fuck you, buddy. Um, it's like you're insecure with yourself or you're insecure with your beer or you're insecure with something um, and you're just projecting it on me because I'm not here to kill you you know and like I want you to succeed too you know and I think again I had that mindset of more more is better more variety more options more I mean um, even if somebody else popped up that isn't me not, so I'm no longer the new kid on the block um, that's all good for us collectively um, of building up Garden of Gods is, is some kind of garden hops alley. So I want to go back a little bit um, to (laughs) (laughs) we we were chatting earlier and you mentioned beer milkshakes milkshakes. and I am 
That's so cool. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so fun. I love a good milkshake and I love a good beer. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah so, so it's, it's something, something I want to, it's not original. Again, kind of stupid. No have original thoughts. Um, but it's not, it's not stupid. It's, and it's fairly unique so, to hear. No, I don't this know. Is the, I, first beer milkshake I had well, it was like 10 years ago. And it was at Red Robin, of all places. It was a Blue Moon shake. Beer mug shake. And I saw it on the menu for the longest time. I was like, that has to be the... W-. See, look at your faces. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay. just, no. Blue it just, Moon and milk and ice cream put together just sounds like a horrible time. Like a horrible experiment. It's like something you put together as a kid. It's like going down the soda machine military, and getting a the little bit of like, We have grog. And at the, at the dining rooms where you just put the nastiest things and they're supposed to symbolize certain things. And it's like blood of my enemies it's hot sauce and then someone's like oh, um, the dip that we you know because everyone in the military dips it's like, and it's coffee grounds and then Cheetos ended up somewhere and then apple juice or something and alcohol typically you know it seems like that kind of concoction where it's like it's just going to be awful a horrible experience but they do like it was it was amazing it was like a it was like an orange dreamsicle kind of milkshake with the citrus of the blue moon in there and then, but like finish with a, a blue moon aftertaste on that. And I was like, that's amazing. I was, I, I was totally expected to throw it away when I had the first sip. And so now later, I got JP, well, before it was Big Train, this was JP Fizzies. So we had so much milkshake, 1950s, like um, soda shop equipment. I mean, we even had the original like soda shop thing behind the bar. That thing's like super long. And you want to talk about niche and expensive? That thing was. I feel like it could be $100,000 um, but it was massive and it's only used for that one thing and it's a timepiece um, but we kept the, the, the milkshake all the milkshake equipment and we had all this stuff in there like what we're going to do I'm like we're going to keep it it's like I'm going to make beer milkshakes I'm like this is going to be amazing so I think wheat ales play a very cool role in that because they're naturally tend to lean towards um, fruit notes getting added or citrus um I think uh, Voodoo Love Child, which is our, our Belgian triple, will do well because it has three different types of um, fruit put into it. And then getting to the stout and porter range, coffee stouts, chocolate stouts, caramel stouts, uh, sar- uh, salted caramel stouts. I mean, there's so much room to play there uh, that I'm super excited to, to sit down. Once I get grand opening and we could even kill, like, that's what I'm going to be sitting on is, is like, I just want to be mad scientists and some some beer milkshakes and nobody's doing it that's the right too like so is it an actual like so you, is you're blending it like an actual milkshake because i'm like in my head i was originally thinking like an avocado like like ice cream over like when you have we'll put espresso over ice cream but you're talking about actually blending it yeah. all together okay yeah. so it's straight milkshake yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. It's, this it's burliner is a <laughs> that was my first thought too is this burliner is a really good so you're gonna yeah. naturally have to accent certain things because again it, that one had like a dream sickle mm-hmm feel to it so it's like obviously they're like making it like a dream sickle and then just using the beer to make a note in there um, but yes the beers are going to be incorporated with that and it's going to be specifically like Voodoo. I want to do one with Voodoo Love Child I think it would be cool you also have really good local ice cream places mm-hmm. around here too yeah. like Milk Boy like yeah I mean you have so many um, really good local ones that you could use too yeah for sure to I'm excited I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i come back and get one I, I'm allergic to milk but I'll still get yeah. one just, just so I can have it <laughs> I'll deal I, with the stomach I am, like, <laughs> so excited. I love that I'll idea. Yeah, no, no, I'll do it here. Like, no, <laughs> public, public restrooms. That's the best. I'll walk yeah, over to Yeah, I don't the know. Forge. These are a little dicey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give Matt my business for that. 
Well, uh, can you give us just a little bit more information uh, about your grand opening? Mm-hmm. It's in a week. Uh, where can people find you? What time are you open? Yep. All that stuff. Uh, so our grand opening is this 27th. It's a Saturday. Um, it, that's our grand opening day, really. We're kind of doing like a grand opening week, especially the weekend. Um, so we're going to be open... So May, tw- sure May 27th. Changed, changed it, so I want to I wanna be right. That's what it says on Facebook. No, no, the date's right. I wanna, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to quote right. the times. I think he's trying to find times. We just... While you're searching, how many beers do you plan to have on tap when you open? Uh, 24. Okay. 24 taps. Nice. Um, the, the, and those are all... Do you just have Antelope Bridge right now? And then the Antelope rest of the Bridge is the only one we're down, like, done with. Like, confirmed, bought, paid, and sold for it. Um, actually, my first beer shipment that I have coming in, I think I'm carrying all 24. I got to figure that out. Um, I could put 24 taps of just Voodoo's, and I'm not even carrying the full lineup. Um, but which also goes with my my coolers over here, where I can have all the cans of. So we're gonna store over 1,500 cans on display, in just this cooler. Um, and that's the, the idea is one to can cans to go, so you can come in buy your six pack and take it with you. Um, we're not doing crowlers for that reason. Also, crowlers I think are just kind of. Being in the industry, I think we've just seen it die out a little bit. Um, we have growlers, obviously, but it didn't make sense to like go buy a five thousand dollar growler machine when I could literally carry the entire inventory of Voodoo right there, um, and factory sealed and everything too. Um, a more finished product, um, but with that, the idea too is like if I don't have it on tap, I have it on can, kind of deal. But then with the twenty four taps, um, most of the time, I mean, we have our we have our flagships, we have our seasonals, and we have our one offs. Um, so it's going to fluctuate throughout the year. Um, we're not always going to have 24 available. Just at this ha- time, we happen to have more than 24 flavors of Voodoo beer um, available to us. So maybe in the beginning, we're going to start. Um, I do want Antelope Bridge on there. I think it's just cool. The PBJ, it is cool. Um, and that's a, that's a really good, good option. Sherry mm-hmm. Limeade. That's dangerous. Have that's you weird. tried the new PB&J? The is, raspberry one? Yes. yes. I think that's my favorite yeah. of the two, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but that one he won't put in taps because... Yeah. It's way expensive. Yeah. Um, do you get to do you, you get to do you full control over what goes on tap? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So I don't have to check in with Voodoo to see if I can carry uh, whatever brand um, or whatever local thing that's that's completely because again that's getting back to the locally owned and operated. Um, like it's the Voodoo. Yeah, it's the Voodoo brand. It's the Voodoo SOPs. The Voodoo culture, and you have to be on brand. But um, I have so much freedom. As the owner. In fact, sometimes I think I have too much freedom. <laughs> I need to be really great. in a little bit. Get plenty of slack to hang myself with. Um, but no, it's... it's, um, Yeah, so stuff like that or, or, or things in-house. Uh, who I want to carry on beer. Who I want to partner to put in sodas and stuff. Um, making beer milkshakes. I'm free to do that. Um, adding new menu items. I can do that. Um doing events charities um that's the other thing uh, i want to do trivia um i want to do drag brunch i think it'd be so cool uh comedy night stand up in fact uh, i built these sectionals these pallet sectionals actually make a big couch kind of thing and we have these coffee coffee you uh used coffee like beans sacks bags um and we're stuffing them through full shredded memory foam so it's going to make this huge massive sectional with coffee tables in, in the center but then we can rearrange them to do a lifted stage Wow. Um, it's a small stage. We're not going to carry a full band. Also, this this place, it's big, but 
un- unplugged. It's all acoustic because if we it would probably get loud. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing I hate, and that's also why we're not doing karaoke. Is um, like when you go to some places in karaoke, that's the only thing that's going on. So you came to have a beer with a friend and catch up and talk. That's not going to happen. Um, so I don't want things to interrupt everyone. Um, we even have control of the sound system to make sure that's that's the case. So if we do have stand up, like anyone who wants to be there and listen to it, even in this open space on the farther end, you're not going to hear it so much. Or uh, a small two man band or one person band with a guitar or something like that doing acoustic is going to be cool. Um, yoga, yoga is in beers in the morning. We're also doing normal brunches. Um, I want to do a D and D night. I think it'd be really cool to have like a or like oh, game night. Um, Smash Bros tournament would be dope. Um, more than just D and D, like Warhammer and all that stuff and and the things, the things I want to get into, but I don't have time to sit down and paint fingerings or build a character sheet. Um, so yeah, <laughs> you're preaching to the choir here, at least for me. Um, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, got a lot of a lot of freedom of what I want to do and, and, and control. Like, again, that goes back into every pub is autonomous in its own thing. Um, it's part of the Voodoo tribe, but Voodoo Collar Springs is Voodoo Collar Springs. It's Collar Springs pub. Um, we have our own logo and our own um, direction and stuff like that. So, what for uh, festivals I want to go to is usually good, as long as it's not like a KKK rally, you know, <laughs> or or something like that egregious um, yeah we kind of couldn't be and do what we want as long as we don't disgrace the name the family name we, we can do whatever so that's that's a lot of what I like about the voodoo brand that's awesome uh, well I was looking up the sorry yeah you're good you were looking up the, the, t- the dates we can figure that out later but uh, I just wanted to wrap this up here uh, and just say thanks Micah for having us here uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll confirm what, what the actual times and dates are and we'll, we'll post them up mm-hmm. uh, unless you have, it looks like you yeah, pulled them so up. So we're doing nine to 11 on Saturday and the same again on Sunday, nine to 11. Um, eventually we'll do brunch later down the line and we just got to live through, get to grand opening. 9am you said? Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We were nice. I like starting small. early. Till, till 11 p.m. Yeah. I, I expected it to be the worst day of my life and the best day of my life. That's a, that's a long day. Yeah. But looking at some of the other locations, looking at how big our location is, we're also one of the biggest craft beer markets a Voodoo's ever been in. Like, I expect it to just be, like... Gangbusters. Death. Yeah. Just... You're, 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 getting, you're getting your... Uh, it'll be... It'll be... Um, like, feeling like I'm on John Tafford's bar rescue during a stress test the whole time, which I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to sleep for a week, probably afterwards. Um, but it'll be good, and, and so... Um, I'm expecting lines the whole time with, with, um, I mean, hell, we're not even advertising. Well, we are not advertising now, but we have, we have like 10 or so people a day, groups of, not even just 10, groups of people a day show up and and try to open up our doors. Um, and the hype has been pretty real. We were, we already broke a thousand on Instagram. We're all about to break a thousand on, on Facebook. Um, so yeah, we're excited and we want to rock it out. Um, but we want this place stuffed. I mean, that's why we want to do things all the time and, and have reasons for people to come in um, without it being disrupt, disrupting to everybody else. But, you know, there's something always going on at Voodoo worth taking a trip down to. So I want to be stuffed 24-7. Well, that's awesome. I want to be miserable. Well, we wish you all the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate you guys coming down. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much. We will be here this weekend. Perfect. I will. <laughs> I'll be in Minnesota, so I'll have to come later. But eventually, <laughs> I, I will be here. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.